Welcome to the Big Dreams Great Teams podcast with me, your host, Paula Maidens. I'm a mum of two, a hiring and leadership coach, speaker, ex-corporate recruiter and serial entrepreneur who is obsessed with teaching capable business owners just like you how to become graceful and powerful leaders surrounded by a team who perform like rock stars. On this podcast, we'll be talking about all things people, business and leadership because Big dreams need great teams. You simply cannot do it on your own. I'm excited to have you here. Let's dive in. Welcome back, everybody, to the Lean Teams episode. So this is part two. In last week's episode, I shared in part one the first two critical stages that you need to look at, to be reviewing, to be considering, to make sure that your team is operating with a lean and efficient team. So if you didn't listen to the last episode, I really want to encourage you to pause this, go and listen to that episode first, because I went through the first two critical strategies, the first two critical elements. And today I'm diving into the final two to make four in total. And I guess the reason I'm recording these episodes, these little two-part mini-series, is because everybody that I'm talking to, all my clients, all my business friends, everybody is facing changes in their markets, changes with their customers, changes with the audience, changes with their clients. And, you know, there's a little bit of, I guess, economic uncertainty or just uncertainty in general about what's coming next. And on the back of that, Everybody, and I'm really encouraging it too, we need to take stock of what we're doing and making sure that it is as efficient and as productive as possible. And when it comes to your team, you want to be making sure that you have a lean team, a lean operating machine. And that is what this two-part series is all about. So I've been sharing the four critical strategies, the four critical elements that you need to have in place to make sure that your team is as lean and as productive as it can be. And as part of sharing these strategies, I'm giving you questions and pointers, things that you can review so you can find easy areas that you can work on and improve to see quick, impactful changes. Because you want your team to be optimized, to be productive, and to be as effective and as efficient as possible. And often there are much easier than what we realize little changes and tweaks that we can make to really boost the productivity and effectiveness and ultimately the return of what we're getting from our team and the investment that we're putting into having those people support us and work with and for us. Okay, so in part one, we talked about the first two critical elements and they were clear communication and efficient workflows. And within each of those little elements, we talked about a number of layers that sat within them. And I asked you to ponder and review a number of questions and things that sat within each of those kind of two big elements, I guess. So as I said, if you haven't listened to it, I really encourage you to to pop back over and listen to it. And today we're diving into elements three and four. So without any further ado, let's look at the third element. So the third element for a lean and effective team in a small growing business is effective time management and prioritization. Now, I know that you already know that time is your most precious resource in your small, growing business. 
And no doubt it's something that you're always juggling, squeezing, working with, and probably sometimes feel like working against as well. What I'm talking about here and what I'm asking you to do is to review and to think about how your team is managing and prioritizing their time and if they're doing it in the right way. So how do you do that? The first layer that falls under this strategy or this element is the prioritization of tasks. So your team need to know the art of how to prioritize their tasks in the right way for your business. Now, I'm going to say that again. Your team need to know the art of how to prioritize their tasks for your business. Now, this is particularly important and relevant and something to discuss and consider when you have subcontractors working in your business. In other words, people who also work in other people's businesses, because it's really easy and in fact normal for them to be applying their prioritization techniques or their prioritization principles that they roll with in every other business to your business. And what you need to do is make sure that those little micro decisions that they're making, those prioritization decisions that they're making, those time management decisions that they're making are right for you, your business goals, your business flow, and ultimately what's important to you as the CEO and what helps you feel calm, in control, and like you're tracking towards your big business goals. And the only way that you can make sure that they are prioritizing in the right way is to teach them and discuss it with them. So teach them or discuss it with them. And the way you do that, and I guess it sounds easy, but this is actually so often overlooked. So often some of the things that feel really obvious or simple actually have more levels of detail and I guess the secret source within them gets overlooked. And I find that time management and prioritization is something that everybody that you're interviewing, everybody that you're hiring claims to be able to do. And it can easily be one of those things that falls into the big assumption bucket that sits within a team that the way they're doing it is actually right for you. And often, when things can feel inefficient or you can be, you know, wondering why this took so long, et cetera, et cetera, it can come down to the little decisions that they're making on how they're managing their time and the little prioritization decisions that they're making. So the way you look at this is firstly by making sure that everybody on your team, every member of your team understands like the bigger picture. So they understand the big goals and any deadlines and, you know, projects and bigger things that are going on, as well as understanding like their specific task and what they need to execute on a daily basis. So we need to make sure that they understand the big picture as well as knowing their tasks that they need to execute. So they need to know goals. They need to know the big vision. They need to know what we're doing and the bigger thing that we're working towards and why. And they need to know the big sort of deadlines or milestones along the way, as well as the specifics around their actual task and what needs to be done. And it's about you being explicit about what to prioritize when there's a conflict. So you know, by somebody understanding and knowing the bigger goals and the bigger picture, they're able to apply their judgment when they're actually making, you know, time management decisions or they're making decisions about priorities. However, every now and then, 
you know, people will get to a position where it's like, well, both these things feel as important as each other. And that's where they need guidance from you as to which one they should actually choose if there's a conflict or if something feels an equal priority. And you can manage that through training, through discussions, and also from a practical perspective, when you have a project management system, the person who's assigning tasks to them, assigning the things for them to do, you know, often you can actually highlight, well, is this a low priority, medium priority, high priority? So if they have two things to do, you know, on the same day or in the same morning, for example, they can actually see from that perspective, which one explicitly needs to come first. So, Prioritizing tasks and making sure that they are making priority decisions in the right way is the first layer that falls within efficient and effective time management and effective prioritization. Now, the second layer that falls within that is time blocking. Now, you might be thinking, well, this is a bit of a strange thing for for Paula to be talking about, and it might feel weird that I'm suggesting that you as a CEO needs to get right down to the detail of how somebody's blocking their time. And what I'm not suggesting you do is micromanage your team. What I am suggesting you need to be interested in and understand is how and if your team are able to deep dive into concentrated bursts of work, especially if their role requires high attention to detail. So you don't actually need to see their diaries or see how they've time blocked or be monitoring that. That's micromanagement. But what you do need to know is if they're setting up structures in their day and within their week to facilitate concentrated bursts of activities on one topic or on one project. So that's the first thing. And then secondly, you need to also know and check that you aren't accidentally stopping them from being able to have those concentrated bursts of time. So your review opportunity here is to talk to your team members about how they're structuring and setting up their workflow for the week and make sure ultimately that they're not trying to squeeze in 10 minutes of work here and 10 minutes of work there around other things and that you as the CEO and the way you're operating with them and the way you're communicating with them you know, that you aren't interrupting their times when they are trying to get into a deep dive or trying to get into a concentrated flow of work. And what I see happening all the time with my clients and my business friends is, you know, you as a CEO, maybe messaging them, calling meetings, you know, asking them to jump on a call and essentially accidentally interrupting their time and distracting their ability to concentrate and deep dive. So, That's definitely an area to review, to discuss, and to check that your team members, each of them has the ability to time block and to dive into deep, uninterrupted, concentrated periods of work. And then the third layer that falls here under efficient time management and prioritization is to review and remove time-wasting activities, which I get, that might feel really obvious and you might be rolling your eyes. But actually, like everything, every now and then we need to take a pause and look around and ask ourselves, are we being as efficient with our time as possible? 
are we prioritizing what's actually a priority or are we just doing the thing that we've always done and just trying to find a way to make it work? So common activities that can turn into time-wasting activities can be excessive meetings. An excessive might be the length of the meeting or the number of meetings or the regularity of the meetings. It might be unnecessary emails. It might be an inefficient process where we're taking too many steps or, you know, some of those steps are unnecessary or some of those things aren't actually valued by anybody, so we probably don't need to do it. It might be CCing people in on emails to conversations that they don't need to be CC'd in on, or it might be having conversations in a channel, for example, on Slack with too many people in that channel. So too many people are in that channel and they don't need to actually be a party to the conversation. And I promise you, there is always so much opportunity here when we pause and we look around and we think, do we need to be doing all the things we're doing? Are we actually prioritizing what's important? Is there a potential that we're wasting time here? And when you look at everything that you're doing, the way your team are communicating in particular through that lens of are we being as efficient as we can be with our time and are we always prioritizing what's important and are we allowing each person to prioritize what's important or are we trying to pull them into a routine or a structure that's just always existed without actually reviewing whether it's the best thing for us right now, then you might find that your team members are spending 20 minutes catching up on Slack conversations that don't usually involve them, but they know that they can't sit there with unread notifications without worrying that there's something in there that's relevant to them. So you can see that what feels almost like a bit of a simple, obvious statement, time management and prioritization, like efficient time management, is actually such a huge umbrella. It's such a huge element and you get to make it strategic, which is why I'm saying these are the critical strategies and they're the critical elements because we get to be strategic in the way we're applying this element in our business. So are you being as strategic as possible with the way your team are managing their time and managing their priorities? Okay, so then the fourth and final element is a big one, and it is empowerment and authority. Now, everybody wants team members who can be autonomous, who can show initiative, who can take responsibility, and who can operate in an empowered way. But if you look around your team at the moment, is that what they're doing? Are they operating like that? Because lean and efficient teams operate in an empowered and anonymous way. So the layers that sit within that is looking at and asking yourself whether you trust your team and whether they have real decision-making power to run with taking action in an autonomous way. And with any decision-making power, it's whether that's clear to them. So trust is one thing. You might trust people on your team. You might trust them from a perspective of loyalty. But do you trust them enough that you've handed over real decision-making authority and power to them? And is it clear to them and is it clear to everybody else on the team that that decision-making authority sits with them? Now, it's really common in a fast-growing business where people have been hired to support you 
as the business owner that you might find yourself on the receiving end of a barrage of questions where people are asking you what they need to do next or asking you for advice or confirmation if this is okay, you know, asking for approval, checking with you, et cetera, et cetera. And if that's the case, then the decision-making authority and the decision-making power for those things is still sitting with you. And you have an opportunity to empower them to make decisions around certain things so that they can then, with that empowerment, operate in an autonomous way. So for most people, for most business owners, it's a matter of starting quite small on this because it can feel really scary and it can feel really big. So I want you just to think and review, have I handed over any decision-making authority? And if not, that's okay. Where can I hand over? What doesn't feel significant to me? Where do I trust that person to make decisions in what area? And then we put some boundaries and some clarity around it, and then you hand it over to the person. So perhaps it's, for example, responding to customer service inquiries. You can respond with anything that you think is appropriate, drawing on the FAQs, applying your judgment, applying our values of X, Y, and Z, and you can answer in the best way you think is possible without checking with me for any inquiry that relates to anything except for something financial such as a refund. See how I've given them permission. See how through that statement I've created safety by saying using your best judgment, you can answer with anything that you think is appropriate, but here's the boundary. When it comes to finances, when it comes to anything that's going to impact the profitability, the revenue, or something like a refund, that's where I want you to check it with me. And every single person on your team should have clear decision-making power, authority, and a boundary around where their responsibility starts and stops. And they should have absolute clarity on that. And you'll know if that clarity doesn't exist when you're getting a lot of questions. And particularly if you're getting a lot of questions and you're thinking, these questions are silly. Why aren't they demonstrating initiative? Surely they could have worked this out themselves. Then your opportunity there is to review, do they realize that they have the authority, the permission, the power here to run with this? And Do they, for some reason, not feel safe enough to run with it? In which case, let's clean that up. Let's clear that up. Let's put some real clarity and boundaries around it and hand it over. And you'll find that the questions reduce and their empowerment and ability to be autonomous will lift up. So every single person on your team should have clarity around, this is my area of responsibility. This is my decision-making authority. This is where it starts and stops. And yes, This does require trust, but the clarity of what they can do, where it starts and stops, actually, you know, where that responsibility and decision-making authority starts and stops will help that trust handing over that authority and trusting that person to feel safe enough to you to be able to do it. So naturally, with empowerment and autonomy comes real ownership. And everyone I talk to, all my clients want their team members to take ownership, but people can't take ownership of their roles and demonstrate the initiative that we're looking for if we haven't empowered them with decision-making authority and real responsibility and given them the safety to actually run with it, the safety and clarity to be able to 
truly own it and to therefore demonstrate initiative, make decisions, et cetera, et cetera. And you know if it's not clear when you're getting lots of questions and you're feeling like people are constantly checking in and you're feeling really needed. And that might be happening with one or two individuals or it might be happening with everybody. So you can facilitate an increase in people really taking ownership through empowering them with that clarity of what they can take responsibility for, what decisions they can or can't make, and where they should check things with you and where that boundary or that you know responsibility or decision-making authority actually ends and where it starts. So you can ask yourself, does it feel like each person on my team has a real area of responsibility that is clear to them and is clear to everybody else? And does it feel like each person, so, you know, go through each person on your team, does it feel like they're really owning their tasks and owning any project and really taking like they're in the driver's seat for driving it through to completion? Or do I find that people, you know, do things to a certain point, find a problem, put their hands up in the air, ask a question, and then it's just left in the abyss until somebody makes it really easy for them and prompts them to pick it up again? Are you the one who's constantly following up, checking up, answering the things, et cetera, and therefore feeling almost like the bottleneck? And what I find with lots of my clients, it's this is a common way of operating and a common frustration where you feel like, well, people are doing things to a point and then they ask a question and they stop and then it like lands back on my shoulders and it fills your head. Whereas if somebody, you know, you'll know if somebody's taking true ownership, almost if they're like badgering you for the answer to be able to keep moving the thing forward. And if if the badgering doesn't feel very good, then it can be like, well, what permission or authority can I hand over to them to make more decisions than what they are? So where is there a permission lacking so that they can continue to run with it without badgering me? Or do we need to sit down and have a meeting, clean up all the questions so they can continue to run it forward? So for many of my clients, this is definitely a really big challenge. It's something that they desire. They desire people to be autonomous. They desire people to act in a more empowered way, taking ownership and showing real, you know, holding real responsibility. But actually, they haven't handed over the clarity of responsibility and of decision-making power and the clarity of where it starts and stops so the person doesn't feel safe enough to run with it yet. Okay, so we've covered a lot in this part one and part two little mini series of lean teams. We've covered these four critical elements and how you need to be strategic about these four things in your business, clear communication, efficient workflows, effective time management and prioritization, and true empowerment and autonomy. And I know it's a lot. I know you've probably been listening and your head's probably spinning a little bit. And each of these has had a lot sitting underneath it. And I think for most of you, there's probably work for you to do under each of these four areas, each of these four elements. But what I want to invite you to do is park any feelings of potential overwhelm and just choose one. Just choose one thing that feels like an easy area or an easy opportunity or a, you know, oh, yeah, that feels right that maybe we could look at that. Just choose one. Choose one element or just choose one layer within an element and just work on it. 
go back and listen, you know, to the episode and to that part of the episode where I've talked about it again and ponder it and then take that conversation to your team and start a conversation of are we being as efficient as we can be and gather your team's feedback. Now, when I say gather their feedback, ask questions, get their thoughts, but don't be governed by their feedback because it's really important that you as the CEO, you as the business owner, you need to feel like the team is operating in a way that feels right to you, that's as efficient and appropriate to what feels right to you. And yes, ask them for lots of feedback, get their information because ultimately they're the ones down in the weeds, but then you get to sit back and go, hmm, do I agree with that? Does that feel right? Is that the best use of our time? Is that the best use of you know your investment, your spend? Because the ultimate decision needs to sit with you. And of course, as always, if you'd like to talk through a particular situation, a particular role that feels a little bit tricky or a particular team member, then I'd love to have that conversation with you in person. And the best way to do that is via a dream team discovery call. And you can grab the link to that over my website, which is paulamaidens.com, or it'll be down in the show notes. Okay, so that's it from me for today. Have a really great week, everybody. I'd love to hear what you think, and I'd really love to hear what is the one thing that you're choosing to work on or that's really landed with you as an opportunity to make it better or to to work on it being you know, improved within your team. So share it with me via your socials, tag me into it or send me a DM or jump on a call if that feels good. And in the meantime, have fun and I'll be back here next week. 